Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Happy Moral Victory Monday to you. It's John Morash. It's Paul Dettino. It is one giant step as part of the Odyssey family, 2400 Sports, and the regular season is concluded. And if we were doing this podcast in past years, I think immediately this podcast would become, is our coach surviving? Do we wait to tape to see if the coach survives? What do the Giants do at quarterback, the draft? We will be having none of those conversations today. Instead, we should be asking Do we have the coach of the year? How much money does our quarterback need to make? And more importantly, how big a threat are the Giants in the playoffs? Paul, happy moral victory uh, Monday to you. (laughs) Good morning, Sean. Great to be with you on such a pleasant New York morning. Uh, Giants at 9-7-1. And, And, you know, the only thing that I just want to kick this thing off with is that we tried to tell folks that that tie against the commanders would eventually wind up being something really, really good that they should have been happy about. Well, guess what? That tie against the commanders is why the Giants are in the playoffs today, because had they not gotten that tie and had they lost, they would have finished in a tie with Detroit. Detroit beat the Giants. They would not be going to the playoffs. That yeah. tie. That little hanging chad the punt. is what is what put the Giants into the postseason. The punt everybody screamed about. How could Dable not play to win now? You're absolutely right. Now, of course, uh, you know, the Giants would have inevitably played yesterday differently, and who knows, you know, what would have happened. The Eagles certainly didn't look crisp, but you're right. Tie was not a loss, and people pouted because they wanted resolution. In the end, it helps out the Giants greatly, and we would all sign, as we do, for the 9-7-1 season that we've been gifted here as Giant fans. All right, Paul, you know, before we get to you know threats in the playoffs and you know kind of surveying, maybe looking back, some of these games, you mentioned the line game. Geez, the Seahawks game ends up helping the Seahawks get in yesterday as well. So many of these little moments throughout the year. Let's just start with this. We both said the right thing to do was this Giant team not being deep enough rest as many key guys as possible. I would argue yesterday, it might be if you had to you know, pick the five best moments of Dable being a coach this year, how about him mathematically using the inactives and figuring out the bench actually found a way to give even more guys a rest than I imagine they would. I mean, I'm even shocked Darius Slayton got three snaps the way they were able to work out uh, and do this. you got a lot of Cager, a lot of Vinette, a lot of Galladay, a lot of Marcus Johnson on offense. The offensive line was completely reshuffled, except essentially for Nick Gates and Ben Bredesen. And defensively, uh, outside of Landon Collins and a little Micah McFadden, you basically saw none of the regulars 
What an astounding job with the numbers game between inactives and and having a guys having how many guys were actually active that Dable played this game of chess and really gave everybody a blow. I mean, geez, Jalen Smith and Isaiah Hodgins had off in this game. Yeah, I I had expected that all week, Sean, and and was not surprised in that regard because I know what Dable's mentality is and and I know what what the the climate was with the Giants going into this game. Uh, the thing that did surprise me. And I kind of thought they might do it. They wound up going the entire game playing a formation with only two down linemen. They played Fox and Zimenez 100% of the time in a four-man front with two stand-up linebackers and two down defensive tackles. They never changed the look, right? And, and, And that was because they knew they were thin along the defensive line. They knew that Williams... And, and uh, uh, Lawrence were not going to play. And they didn't want to take any more chances than they had to. They knew they had the extra linebackers. Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown could have given them more snaps. They only gave them some cameos. They could have given them more snaps if they needed so. So in the positionless defense that Wink Martindale always preaches, he figured, let's just go with two guys down. The, the two defensive ends will be stand-up defensive ends, and that was Zimenez and Fox. There were even a couple of snaps in the game where, you know, Gerard Davis obviously yeah. played over 90% of the snaps. He played fantastic, too. Yeah, he, he played well, but there were there were even a few snaps, if you may have recalled, where the two defensive tackles had gotten dinged up and tired, where the Giants went with a four-linebacker front. Wow, Which, I didn't even pick up on that in real time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wake, Wake, Wake Martindale knew exactly what he was doing. He was incredibly crafty. And the beauty of it, too, Sean, is that even though he had a four-man front with the two stand-up defensive ends, he still came with a number of blitzes and wasn't afraid to show Philadelphia that he would remain his aggressive self. And I need to re- remind folks, there's still a possibility the Giants will play Philadelphia in the second round of the playoffs. Yep. So in addition to all of what you saw yesterday with all different personnel combinations, which basically gave the Giants a chance to try out a whole bunch of different things with different players, it also works as an outstanding tool against the Eagles, who will try to look back at this film in a couple of weeks and say, what are we supposed to do with this? Right. It, it, it was masterful. Yeah. And, and by the way, we'll bookmark a couple of these players that I think did themselves a lot of good as far as going forward on tape, whether it be for next year or for the postseason. But I will say this that was also part of it, right? When everybody, or if you were a giant fan that wanted to play the starters, and honestly, if you really, really had to like sit on the therapist couch with some of the Giants fans that wanted the momentum and bringing up 07 and everything. Oh, God. The reality is, Paul, at their core, if we really peel back the layers, they just didn't want to sit and have to watch three hours of a Giant game with a bunch of backups. And now that we're through right. it, I think everybody could realize, smart move. Oh, by the way, like I texted you guys last night, look at the Chargers and Brandon Staley getting crushed, playing his guys, going for momentum, and getting two guys in Mike Williams and Bosa Hurt, and we'll see what their future is. That could have been the Giants, and the Giants could have been in real trouble. That being said... You know, when you play the game of, you know, is it best to have momentum or is it best to rest the starters? Somehow, some way, Paul, the Giants end up, I think, checking off both boxes because, look, 
You'd be a fool to think that the Eagles showed all their cards last night, even with playing the starters. Clearly, they weren't going to empty out the playbook versus this very basic defense the Giants were going to run. However, in the end, I mean, the Giants are an onside kick away from making things really dicey versus the Philadelphia Eagles starters yesterday. And I got to think, Paul, if you're looking at playing the Eagles potentially, we can only hope in two weeks, something like that, right? If that if that scenario unfolded and the Giants just showed you everything they had and came up short, well, where's the momentum in playing the Eagles then? Now you've lost them twice and you've given them your best punch. Now the Giants didn't give them their best punch and played a much better game versus the Eagles than they did a couple weeks ago. And by the way, if you were one of these starters sitting out watching the backups like, like Timon Fox get after it, I got to think that this actually maybe gives the Giants a little better a mental game when playing the Philadelphia Eagles the way things turned out yesterday and the way the game unfolded, Paul. You know, I, I think we should give the Philadelphia fans something to chew on besides their pretzels. And <laughs> and that would be this. The Giants played 98% of backup defensive players throughout the entire four quarters. Philadelphia came into the game as the number one red zone defense in the league at over 71%. They were one for five red zone offense, in the right. red zone. Yeah. Held to field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal. I had talked to Dave Spadaro of Eagles.com before the game and asked him, at what point do you think that Sirianni would like to get his starters out of the game, knowing that, again, they don't want to risk injury. They've got a playoff season to come. And he said, I think he's going to need a three-score lead. Well, he got it to 19-0. But then in the second half, the Giants came roaring back and never let them actually get to that point where he could start yanking everybody. Yeah. The Giants made the Eagles work. And, and I just think it's very impressive. Uh, it says a lot about the grit and the character of all of these backups who gave their best shot and forced the Eagles to actually sweat it out and use a little elbow grease to, to try to ensure the victory. I, I think it showed yeah. a lot. I think there's a lot of feel-good feelings coming out of that Giants locker room after the game. And, Paul, I don't know if you got a sense of this, and not that we should dig too deep into the opponent, but it may matter in a couple weeks, and we're not trying to overlook the Vikings. I still don't think Jalen Hurts looked right. It, it felt like they were playing him because they felt like they had to to make sure they secured the division. But that was not the same Jalen Hurts we saw a couple weeks ago. It is very clear to me that he is not 100%. And I didn't expect him to use his legs as much anyway. You know, you try not to get hurt. But that, I mean, that could be a real, real, not that you root for injuries, but a real change in how you feel about Giants-Eagles if that's the Jalen Hurts you get. Well, if you're asking me for my power rankings in the NFC, Philadelphia had been number one most of the year. Right now, it's the San Francisco 49ers. I agree. They've I easily agree. jumped over Philly in my power rankings. Uh, I will also mention Miles Sanders, 11 carries for 33 yards. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't a joke. That was a Giants rushing defense that has gotten better toward the end of the season. And again, with their backups, totally took Sanders out of the game. I think that's actually something that you can you can hang your hat yeah. on. That's pretty significant. We'll because get to Philly when Sanders was in that game, they they were trying, man. They had their top guys in there, and they're supposed to be so potent. And um, hey, yeah, I will say this: the Giants got to figure out how to deal with Scott because oh, every time man. he plays them, he turns into Alvin Kamara. It's the only okay. team he kills. The only team he kills in the NFL is the Giants. It's amazing. Boston Scott, what a pain in the rear end he is. And by the way, not even a fourth quarter touchdown. This was early. 
GameStop yes. comes in. Yes. And I've watched a lot of Eagle games. They never use Scott like that, but it's like they see the Giants like, well, we know he's going to score here. It's ridiculous. 